Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Guile. One Nash. One bi-weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric. He's a good night professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Hands Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, much, much more. It's episode 207. I hear you giggling over there. Yeah, well, it's just because you can't say bi-weekly. It's hard. There's two syllables, three syllables, four syllables, yeah. five syllables. Like there's some it's number. Like you can't tell if it's twice a week or every two weeks. I think we're a fortnightly discussion Ooh, of comics and I like cult- that. culture. Fortnightly. Yeah. I that's mm-hmm. I'm that I'm executive decision. That's what fortnightly. <laughs> he just edited the document. You know, that's it's, it's from now on. From this moment forward, we are it, one fortnightly. It canon. It's oh, canon. Man. Yeah, it's canon. No one uses that. No one. People don't use Fortnite enough. Uh, I I think I got that from a Twitter discussion about how vague biweekly is. Because no one, no one knows. Because it, I think it literally means twice a week and every two weeks. Not figuratively, Just because, though. Huh? Not figuratively. It, it literally means it. I mean, in this context, I, I think, no, no, figuratively doesn't mean that. Sorry, I forget how words. No, well, literally does mean both literally and figuratively now. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. No, not figuratively. In the classic sense, I mean literally in the classic sense. Right. <laughs> this is this is your this is your grammar cast for today. Thank you. Fuck English. I would totally I'm out. I would totally do a grammar podcast. Of course you would, you <laughs> gross person. <laughs> I have discussions about Oxford commas. Episode one, the Oxford comma. I don't want that discussion. Fucking Oxford comma. No, I you need the Oxford comma. Necessary. Yes. Not not that necessary. It is absolutely necessary. It's absolutely necessary to a person who thinks that an English PhD is an important thing. I wouldn't say that's important, but I would say that Oxford Comma is important. Um, we're going to agree to disagree on this one. How about comic books? Oh, right. Comic books. We're discussing How four kids. Oxford comic? Ooh. Four kids walk into a bank by uh, Matthew Risberg and Tyler Boss. Discussing that later on in Urban Book Club. Uh, first up, we got some comic books that come out. Some uh, some uh, some comic books that came out recently, Eric. Mm-hmm. Recent comic books. Recent comics. We need a new title for this segment. I don't... I, we're, we, we're, we, we are we, workshopping We, we got to brainstorm something. Mm. Um... It is time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show. Eric and I will read a selection of the past couple weeks' books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. Check them out or do not check them out. There is sometimes a mush meter that goes from one to five. If we're feeling a little bit mushy. A little bit mushy. A little bit mushy. Mm, thank you for thank you for that. You're welcome. Our first book, <laughs> our first book is Vinegar Teeth, number one. Skirt by Damon Gentry and Troy Nixie. Art and lettering, Troy Nixie. Colors, Guy Major. Cover, Troy Nixie with Guy Major. Guy Major. Whichever, I, I, however you say that guy's name. What is this comic book, Eric? Robbie, you pick weird books. 
I just saw someone on Twitter go, this book is interesting. You should look at it. I, I also saw that. I um, this, is, this isn't the worst book I've ever read, but this is this is one of the most what-the-fuck books I've ever seen. We're getting a lot this of them recently, a, it seems. We we really are. I think I think with with mainstream comics being in as sad a shape as they are, I think it's kind. It, it is pushing a lot towards these weird stories, and this is a weird one. It is a. It is interesting. I begrudgingly like it. Um. I, I don't know. I don't think it's a great piece of art. It's just one of those things. It's like, what was that old book? The Auteur or something? Mm-hmm. Remember that from like three or four years ago? Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, it's, it's, it's like this. It's like this weird, like Bill Plimpton-esque world of strange cartooning and stuff that kind of doesn't fit in one category or another very well. It defies explanation. It's a lot of really strange artistic choices. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, the only point of comparison I could I could come up with was, it's like if a Tales from the Crypt comic was, was like, serialized and mm-hmm. was self-aware to a certain extent. I mean, it makes me... Th- Do you know Bill Plimpton? Yeah, I mean, I, rec- I know the... The animator I know his, Bill Plimpton? Yeah, I know his style, yeah. I think I think artistically it kind of feels like Bill Plimpton. I also something about like uh, I think the artist's name is Sylvain Chomet, the director of um, uh, Triplets of Belleville. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me think of him. It 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 may be more the weird stylization and the color palette. It does it it does feel kind of EC Comics ish. So I think the, the reminds, Tales from the Crypt. Go ahead. It also reminds me of Duckman. I think I also I, I also see that. I think this book is a little too gross for me. I I don't I don't know. It's a it's just the style. It makes me ugh. No, the style is definitely that kind of cringy, weird, squiggle liney like everything looks like it's made out of um I don't. I don't know. Like, um, like hamburger in a in a bag. Yeah, everyone's kind of melty. Yeah, it's it's strange. And I, I, I in the, the the same part of me that enjoys like the the weirder, more fucked up parts of uh, crumb, uh, or or indeed like weird EC gross horror comics. This is like that, but lighter and kind of winking at itself and literally looking at the panel where he he's he's winking at you it's really still it's really stupid it 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 is nonsensical i um it's not my genre it's not really my deal but i think it's interesting and i think there's a class of people out there that would enjoy it it's it, it, it it's it's something where where do you where do you lie <sighs> I'm happy not looking at this book ever again, <laughs> but I, it's not necessarily because it's bad. It's just, it's a thing that's good that I just don't need to experience 
any more of. Like, I don't really read any of these comics that we've cited, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of Duckman, in terms I- of... Um, uh, these uh, the the tales from the crypt DC comics are thoroughly not my bag. It's just it's not my aesthetic. So I I think me personally I'm a do not buy. I mean if any of these genres are your genres, I mean pick it up. It is a a, a bold and interesting piece of art that they've put into the world. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as well. I think I'm just gonna say. I think I agree with you in that I will not mm. be reading this after. I think I, I would have been happy with a single, like, hey, here's this weird story about a cop and a monster. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long this, how, like, big this story is supposed to be. But I I do think there's worth in it. Uh, I think it's an inter- it has lots of interesting choices and it's very strange. And I think some of those, are like, yeah, if you any of those things we compared it to are things you enjoy, you'll probably like this comic. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. It's just a little. It's I don't need more of it. I think is where I'm at. I don't. I guess I'm a do not buy two. I guess I'll just back your play. That's it's not bad though. I think. Yeah. There's no. Moments. So uh, double do not buy vinegar teeth number one. Next up is Legion number one, written by Peter Milligan, art Wilfredo Torres, colors Dan Brown, letters Travis Lanham. Another Legion series starting up. I'm I'm surprised they have it. This is Marvel Legacy. There have been Legion series before. I don't know why they for the, certain titles they just go back to number one. Certain other titles they jump in at number thirty seven or something. So I don't. Mm. But this is not the first Legion uh, t- title they've had. Legion volumes, they literally won like two years ago. Um, but we we just, we saw this uh, we saw this character in our New Mutants read. Mm-hmm. And, that's that's my familiarity with him. Yeah, and uh, he's there's a television show Legion television show now. Uh, I believe it's about to start its second season. Um, now we have a comic book. A new comic book. What do you think, Eric? I'm always wary um, whenever any kind of media or fiction puts any kind of um, psychology mm-hmm. in the story because it's often really, really wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I even had to look this up because he says I'm insane in the beginning of um, the book. Right. Coincidentally, it is not a psychological term. It is a legal term. Yeah. That is only... That is only used in determining guilt or innocence in court um i i i don't know like i don't dislike reading this terribly um i think the art is is pretty fun i think legion he's kind of a flawed character for those same reasons like i i enjoyed it in new mutants as a thing that's like here's this weird chris claremont book that's mostly drawn by virtuoso artist uh bill sinkowitz or sinkavitz excuse me um i i begrudgingly like this but i'm a little uncomfortable with it um just because some of my principles it 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 is an odd thing to me and i don't know i have two friends with schizophrenia um i i like my my brother and his wife are both psychologists i don't i, I don't particularly I, I don't know it can be handled well i don't think it's going to be 
I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little hesitant, a little anxious about it. Um, I don't know. There's also kind of not a lot of. I feel like we're getting back into the swing with X Men related comics, but it just it feels like there's a huge hole. So it's kind of okay. It's kind of interesting to see it on that level, but I'm still very anxious about this book. I think everything you said is 100% correct. I think I like this. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I like it's not. I'm not like I. I think it's it's well constructed. I think the art is good. I think the writing is is consistent. Uh, I I think that I don't know. I, it doesn't. This isn't like super exciting to me, but it's good. It's it's just a it's a it's above average. It does mm-hmm. everything. It like it sets up a a the, a plot really well. It sets up this character. It sets up a new you know uh you know I don't know she seems like the co protagonist honestly and half the comic is about this uh you know a pop psychologist basically um but I and I I think that your concerns about them properly mm. portraying psychology is probably well found because it's a superhero comic you don't really necessarily expect them to. I don't know. I think they try and get around that because, like, he that last you, you reference that page where he talk, calls himself insane. He, the last thing he says on that page is, "What I am, they don't really whatever they call me. It's not really true because I'm different than anything else because I'm a man." Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying that line. I think is them at least trying to go like, "Well, you can't apply normal human medical mm-hmm. study to this because he's a mutant and whatever." It's it's true, but I just think it's a thing that I didn't realize uh, how strongly I felt about it is just how poorly represented I any kind of mental illness is, you know, and how like stereotyped and how it's it's poorly misunderstood. It's not represented well in media. There's too many opportunities for it to go wrong. I don't know. It's not a thing I would ever choose to write about um, because there's just too much opportunity to just be a complete cock up. I feel like there's so much so much research you would have to do. It's very difficult to portray the portray uh, mental illness accurately while Mm -hmm. also while also demonstrate like making a story viable, like make it like. You, to to have your protagonist be an, a a a person with a mental illness like schizophrenia and mm-hmm. like juggle all those balls at once by it it is a, it's a hard thing it's it's a hard it's a hard ask. Um, mm-hmm. I would also really prefer it to be done positively. Yes, and I mean I think I mean Legion is the hero of the book. Uh, yeah, he's never he's not a and he's not a bad guy he's a he's a relatively a good guy he's trying to Mm -hmm. control all this stuff i think i'm just like a mushy buy i think i'm like a like a buy with a like a bush meter three i think this comic book is perfectly fine and i'm i it makes me want to read the next one you know and i and more and more that's Mm -hmm. where i'm like am i the hard line for me is like does this book make you want to read more yes no yeah i i um i'm not quite at a hard pass I am very cautious. I would say I would go as far as five. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I agree with you. It is a good comic and could be good. And, 
you know, it's got a good voice. It's got what looks to be an interesting story shape, and it has nice-looking art. Um, I am pro most of what's going on here. I just... It it's given me agita. <laughs> that's what that's why we read comic books, Eric, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to feel a little icky. Yeah. So that's a double by Legion number one, uh, Much Mirror four. Our next book up is Mystic You, book two, uh, written by Elisa Quitney, art Mike Norton, colors Jordy Belair, letters Darren Bennett. So uh, we we read number one. Uh, we we liked it despite it being many. Being a thing that we've seen in in various other forms, uh, and then just reshaping it a little bit. It's, it's Harry Potter. It's Gotham Academy. It's et cetera, et cetera. So I think we hesitantly uh, agreed that it's good. It's and it's mm-hmm. we like it. Are you still on board, Eric? Number two. I I liked this issue. Okay. I mean, it's got fun cuteness and good thought out characters i mean it does read like a piece of genre fiction you know um i don't know very much like a i don't even know what you'd call it but i i feel like whatever this is i've seen it it i've, feels, I've seen this genre you feels, know whatever the school drama is it you know feels very whedon-esque to me i i i i feel you there it feels buffy Mm-hmm. I enjoy it more than Buffy, but it's um, I could see it being modeled directly on that. But even even Buffy feels, you know, I don't know. I think it's Buffy. The... Buffy felt like heated up tropes, too. But there's nothing. I mean, it's, it is what genre fiction is. I mean, it feels very much like here's all these character types. Here's mm-hmm. they all are certain various degrees of smarmy and snarky mm-hmm. uh there's uh, literally someone talking about they're fighting bee people mm-hmm. and they say what's not become royal jelly or something along those those lines i it is it it's it's i don't know i feel like it knows what it is mm-hmm. i think that's in the end of the day the thing that makes me like it is that it's it doesn't try and be anything different than what it is it has a character named plop who is doesn't want to be he feels gross because his he's a green slime monster mm-hmm. he is i mean same man same i also feel gross because i'm a green slime monster but the the art is good i i like the drama i like the relationships mm-hmm. i like i even like them fighting b people that's cool too yeah yeah um it's 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 a good book yeah it's cute as fuck it's fun also i I also like it is six dollars but you get 60 plus pages for your six dollars yeah it's it's a it's a fair amount of story for the money oh i i'm I'm happy for it i'd I'd rather like this and the the i don't know if it's this is officially quarterly or whatever the not sure every two months maybe but like this and headlopper like i i'd rather pay an extra dollar or two and get a big chunk Mm-hmm. And it feels good. I like that. It, mm-hmm. it feels like I'm seeing another whole arc of of, of mm-hmm. story instead of the smaller issue. Um, I'm just a buy. Yeah. No, I am very pleased with this. Um, this Santana is cute as shit. It's so fun. I like this book. So double buy on Mystic U number number two book two. I suppose. Where's our 
Where's the credits page? Here it is. <laughs> Our next book is Astro City, number 50. Uh, written by Kurt Busiek, Art Brent Anderson, uh, cover Alex Ross, letters and design John G. Rochelle and Sarah Jacobs of Comicraft. Colors Peter Pan Peter Pantazas? Yeah, Peter Pantazas. So, uh, Astro City, uh, comic, we read an issue, uh, a few issues here and there. I was going to say, do you ever keep up with this book? N- no, but it is one I, sh- I should, like, it is a book that... I believe they've recently announced that they will be switching to, at some point, just switching to trade only, mm-hmm. uh, or like graphic novel only, whatever, for, like that format, instead mm-hmm. of releasing serially, and I'm 100% on board with that. I feel like this is, I have, yeah. I own some trades of this, I feel like I should just buy all the trades as they come out. Because every time I, buy, I read an issue of Astro City, I go, wow, this is really good and fun, it's mm-hmm. like really fun superhero uh, superhero stories set in this war- universe, but not necessarily, you know, every single different arc could be a totally different aspect of this world. Uh, it's always looks good. It always is written well. Um, mm-hmm. This issue in particular is revisiting a character from the original run of Astro City um, before it came back. One of its most heralded uh, issues of this, like a uh, counselor or support group guy of people who've been hurt by, um, hero and villain conflict. Um, but th- this is, I, I, I don't know. I read Kurt Busiek's little afterward thing. And I don't know. Every time I read Astro City, I'm like, I should read more Astro City. And I, I don't know. I mm. feel like I should read more Astro City. Uh, I'm a, This is really good. I'm pretty much never unhappy walking away from the, the odd issue we throw in there. So I don't know. Same I did feel really confused in this. I mean, not within the confines of the issue, and that if you kind of just look at it as a one-shot thing, like, you get most of what you said. Um, You do feel like, you know, you do feel like you're missing a lot of the, some of the things that you just said, but you have enough here that it tells the story very well. You, You get through it not, I don't know, at least knowing the directions in which everything's missing, and I, if that I, makes sense. And I think that's part of why I want to read more Astro City. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. there's you know there's that's a very fine line. A lot of comic books have to to tread, especially when they really serially. Is that you know people jumping in and out of single issues. You have to put enough in there that they understand what's going on in this issue, but you can't obviously just put a bunch of dump a bunch of info on them every single issue about here's what's happening in this. Even recap pages don't really often or like do actually the full story of what you've missed. And this is it. Every time I read this, I'm like, I want to know this entire universe. I want to read. I want to know all these groups are. I want to know. I want to know all this context that you don't have because you've haven't read everything. But I'm a buy. This is this is I and like I think every Astro City issue we've read, I've said I'm a buy. So I'm still a buy. Yeah. 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 Good yeah. Lord. Double I. As you say, number 50. Our final book of the week is Eternal. There's a credits page in here. I know there is. There it is. Story by Eric uh, Zawadzki and Ryan K. Lindsay. Illustrated by Eric Zawadzki. Colored by D. Kniff. Uh This is a full full length, like I, I like half a trade. I suppose story. Another, another, another long book. Yeah. Yeah. This is a. This is not a single. It's not. There's. This is not serialized. This is just a complete work. But I saw it, and I saw people like it online. So I'm like, eh, hey, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'll pay eight bucks for this. 
uh, and see a, a full story of something. We don't really get these a lot. We don't read them a lot, so I think we take a chance on it. Um, story of these shield maidens, mm-hmm. Viking women who are defending their territory and or murdering a lot of people senselessly, depending on your outlook. What do you think, Eric? Um, good book. Everything's all-inclusive. Art's great. Um, the story is palatable and readable. I, um, I think it's just a good, solid comic. Um, I think this combined with Mystic U, I mean, it would be cool if this is a trend for comics. This is more of a thing. You know, kind of like that, um, what was that Alan Moore, um, it was set in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen universe. Uh, he did that with with old what's his name a couple remember. of years back. It was just it was basically just like this. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it. I don't remember it either. But it was uh, what, what's his name? Is it Kevin Noland? What's his name? I think that's right. I can't I can't believe I came up with that name unassisted. Um, but it was Kev- something in Kevin, the League universe. Kevin O'Neill. Kevin O'Neill. Who's Kevin Nolan then? That's funny. There's the um, comedian. Someone. He's something Nolan, right? I have no idea. Isn't that Kevin Nolan? I'll probably look up Kevin Nolan later, and he's a child molester. Uh, there's a Kevin Nolan who's a soccer player. I don't think that's who I'm thinking of. No, probably not. <laughs> I don't think about soccer players that often. I think about comic artists. <laughs> yes, Kevin O'Neill way, is the artist. The, fuck the, the League of yeah. Extraordinary Gentlemen artist. Yeah. But it was kind of the same format, you know, 50 to 60 pages, head lopper, another good example. Um, I could stand for more just good books, something like Mobius and the like the Arzak trades or, you know, you can just read individual ones. They don't necessarily need to be collected. I, I, I just I like the idea of this just comic books as a short storytelling medium and i think this works really well Mm -hmm. i think this will hold up to repeated readings i think the art is really nice i think it's rock solid you know this is the kind of thing i want in in comics um i'm 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 for it you're for it not again it that's correct i'm also for it not again it uh, I, mm-hmm. I I like this comic quite a bit. I I agree that it is beautiful. I I think it really the 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 violence in it is really well uh, portrayed. The physicality, the, the 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 brutality of it, it it feels like uh, the violence in like Braveheart, mm. where you see, and you you're like oh right, sword fighting is brutal. It's not like elegant, like you. I don't know. You see a lot of sword like fencing. It's just like these people like whipping their swords against each other. No, but like in actual combat, it's just people like plunging a a steel weapon into someone's shoulder. Mm-hmm. It and like bones crunching. Like it's dis- it's disgusting. Kind of. It's it's meant to be awful. And this story, I think, really well communicates. I don't know the dangers of violence of, 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 I think unmitigated violence in, is, is really interesting. I think, I, I don't know. I like it, it. It manages to communicate a lot in the chunk of time it has, you know, it's only 60 plus pages, I think. Mm-hmm. 
and it, I think it does a lot with those pages. Like it has a, a good array of of I don't know attitude of of there's quiet and then there's the blood rage of the murder, and it's it like you said I I agree with they I wish there was more things like this that aren't you don't need to do I I think I especially like I I don't think there's any shortage of it in independent comics. It's just trying to find it is often the problem because there's just so many comics that come out. But I wish that the big two and even like pe- people like Image and, and the, the bigger independent companies would put out more of this, of things that are like 60 pages or 70 or 80. Like I, like things that don't have to don't don't hew to like, hey, this is going to be exactly 22 pages and that's it. Because that's how long comics are. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? Like, if I like, if I'm writing a book, I I have general guidelines about length, but no one's gonna go, oh well, all books are literally are all 270 pages. So mm-hmm. r- write a book that that's long, that it's that long. I'm like, well, why would I do that? That doesn't really make sense. But I'm a buy. This is a great comic. It's really good. We're for it. We're for it. Not again. It. That's correct. Double buy on Eternal. Uh, that'll do it for Week of Lobbies for this week. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for Checking In. Checking In is the Power Show. Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to. Things we've done or played or seen or read or watched or whatever. Just uh, make recommendations for media. So, Eric, what's up? Finished uh, Devil Man Cry Baby today. Ah, it's your last uh, thoughts stand? Um, it kind of did the thing that I was expecting it to do. I mean, I did not want it to do this, but it very much turned into Evangelion by the end. I don't know that I've made my views on Evangelion clear. I fucking hate Evangelion. Okay, well, there you go. (laughs) You've made it clear. No, I despise Evangelion. I don't, I, I think that it's given this, like, very honored... Uh, position in the canon of anime and manga. Mm-hmm. I mean, mostly the anime. Um, but it is just like so deeply flawed and kind of badly done. I mean, the things that it does well, particularly early on, are really fun and tremendous, but it just goes so far off the rails into like pseudo intellectual, like wankery. And it's not. I don't know. It's not deep or clever or anything. And I think that as long as you don't try and apply that to Devil Man, I think that it's I think that it's fine. I imagine there are going to be plenty of people that view it as deep and intellectual and but I mean it's just a mashup of all kinds of different like re- religious claptrap, you know. That's partly what is interesting about it, you know, is it's got this idea of demons, of you know, and it's a, a kind of got a, a Japanese sort of feel to the way that the demons exist. It's not like, you know, it's not like the way demons are done in like Sandman or literally any kind of Western fiction you ever read. But it is kind of like it's an it's an outside culture, like trying to take pieces of that. And combine it with their own 
I, I'm not familiar with the old Devil Man. Only my, you know, feelings I got from it from seeing it on uh, manga video ads. But the the weird, bittersweet, um, apocalyptic ending reminded me very directly of um, Evangelion, and it left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. But I think that I don't know the the um, era of anime it's hearkening to it's fairly appropriate so i don't know i think it's definitely worth watching particularly if you have netflix i would say go ahead and watch all of it but i think that the the real joy of it is um it's you're not there for for story necessarily as much as just like sex and violence and action i will say that there is a scene that like was so disturbing in uh, towards the end, mm-hmm. four or five episodes from the end, maybe. Um, it, was real, it was really where the, the show started to really get much darker. But it is one of the most disturbing things I'd ever seen, um, you know, on par with uh, like the worst of maybe Junji Ito or it affected me kind of like the scene in uh, Parasite. Um do you remember the one I'm talking about? Do I need to? Yes, re- remind me, refresh me. Oh well, I'm. It's a parasite spoiler, so I kind of don't want to. Oh, okay. Um, but it was the scene with his mother. Oh right, yeah. Okay. And similarly, this was a a, a mother and child scene mm. in um in Devil Man, and it was just outrageously dark, and they really milked it. <laughs> They took that moment and turned it into like a five minute scene, and I I thought it was pretty effective. But man, good God, it was pretty painful to watch. Um, haven't really been doing too much other media right now. It's been uh, it's been tough to keep up with stuff, but you know, just trying to get back into the swing of shit. <laughs> I watched uh, the end of the fucking world on Netflix. There you go. I did watch that. I agree. We should, we, should I, definitely, we should definitely talk about this. I agree with your assessment from last our last episode. For the most part, I think it. I think it for the every the things they added. Mm. I think are largely positive. Yes. I think there's a little there's little things here and there that I kind of went. Eh, I don't needed to do that, but I think every there's a lot of fleshing out of the of of the things they did that give more context to the story i don't i think i still like the comic as its own thing mm-hmm. and i but i think the show is also like obvious like i don't think i like it as much as I, it, there is a lot of people it seems online who absolutely love it uh with all their heart and soul i think it's good i i, I think it i i don't know i don't think i don't think it's it is not transformative to me, but mm. I think it is written well, and the performances are really good. Um, I particularly like what they did with um, what's the girl's name, Elisa, Alyssa, 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 her father. I really like everything they did with him, and apparently all the parents. Honestly, like I, I like that. That was the mm-hmm. thing that I liked the most out of all of it, um, and it, it, I think it changed. It felt like it changed the message a little bit. Uh, it felt it kind of felt like Runaways to me, like a very like a a dark and twisted Runaways. 
because it felt very much like youth culture versus adults. You know, it felt like very much like all the kids are on one team and the adults are on another. But it's good. I don't like I would definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the performances I was I was very impressed by the two the two kids. Like they no, did, they did a really they're good job. really they're really wonderful. Like I I was they they really give life to those characters and and it's really uh they're like definitely the highlight for me is their performance. Both of them. They both did a really good like like both of those characters are really hard I think to portray on screen. I think both their the acting and the way that they chose to present it with the voiceovers and like I I think it works a lot better. I, I think it have to you have to do it with the television show. You'd have to have it you know you know you got cut much faster between their perspectives, which is what they choose to do in the show. And I think it works really well. I don't think that, you know I think the comic still works fine on its own. Uh, I think it's it it felt like it felt like the best kind of adaptation, where it took the source material was true to it for the most part, but then also added its own kind of spin and context to it just because of the change in format and in media. I think that's really what uh, any adaptation should hope to do. Right. Yeah. And it's one that they still don't do. There's still many adaptations that don't, I don't think understand that. No, it's, it's really true. It's why we get a lot of, bad comics adaptation movies or people misunderstanding what people want out of a video game movie. Right. What they want is Super Mario Brothers. They're making a new Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, it's animated. It's a good start. Yeah, it's the Minion people. That doesn't make me too happy. I mean, the Minion movies aren't like they're they're for they're good for children i guess they're you know they it well it it's more the 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 mimetic yes. nature nature of them that yeah. bothers me yes i agree banana remember that i don't want to talk about this i played a video game too eric it's really okay. good a really good video game it's called celeste it is a it's a platformer it is made from the people who made uh, Towerfall, which was a competitive couch uh, couch competitive game. You know, you fight other people and like a little, you know, with four players fight each other to win. And it, it mechanically that game was very good, but obviously the problem is like, hey, how often do I have four people over to mm-hmm. play, to play a video game? Not very often. Um, this game is a single player platformer. Uh, you play uh, Madeline, uh, a, a young woman climbing a mountain. And as she climbs the mountain, she it reminds me of uh mechanically it reminds me of Super Meat Boy. I was literally gonna say Super Meat Boy. Mechanically, it is very similar to Super, Super Meat Boy. Like tough platforming, uh, mm-hmm. you know, lots of. I think it's a, I think it's a little bit more nuanced to Super Meat Boy mechanically because it adds yeah. it adds more. Uh, like every single stage has a different kind of mechanic added into it uh some that will give you an additional dash there's others that will you'll you'll have uh spaces that throw like they'll give you different kinds of momentum very like depending on the levels um but like thematically and with the story it reminds me of braid in a lot of ways i was i was gonna say when you talked about the adding mechanics that was gonna make me think of braid it makes it, it the the story specifically um in that like braid subverted my expectations of the story in a platformer 
Like normally platformers are very much like, hey, the story is that you have to beat this level mm-hmm. and it's really hard. Um, but Braid circumvented that. It, it added layers of like, oh, actually, it uses it told, tells a story, and it makes me think of, oh, like, wow, there's a story in this platform that I was not expecting. This game does the very same exact thing. It has there's layers of story and, and nuance that are interweaved with the difficulty of the platforming. Um, the platforming itself is really good. The level design is really, really clever. Uh, every single little there's a bunch of secrets to unlock. Of course, there's even. Uh, the the soundtrack is really really good. I've listened to the soundtrack separate from the game. Uh, you also can unlock B sides. You find a hidden cassette tape in these levels, <laughs> and they have an alternate version of the same level with different music with the B side. Uh, so that's like I and there some of these secrets are very difficult to get. Uh, it is just like Super Meat Boy. You die. You jump right back into the beginning of the level like immediately. Uh, it's I have found I I at a, at a point at a certain point with Super Meat Boy I just get super frustrated and quit. Mm-hmm. And it's not that's, that uh, that's that's Super Meat Boy. And it's not that this game isn't isn't is easier than Super Meat Boy because it's not. There is some I think in some places it's harder than Super Meat Boy. But I I think it's because Madeline as a protagonist is like very hopeful and earnest, mm-hmm. and it makes me want to push through. I can see how you'd be more invested. Like, I basically stopped giving a shit. I mean, Super Meat Boy is done to really for you to not care that, you know, you're going to watch the protagonist die a million, million, million times. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the gag of it. Yeah. You, ex- um, you explode into a hamburger. Yeah. Thousands of times. In this game, you... I, get, I get really ill of that pretty quickly. <laughs> this game, when you die, you do the Mega Man kind of explosion. And then you pop back in the beginning of the level. Uh, I, I think it's because the story is very earnest and hopeful uh, that when you die, which you die, I've died thousands of times already. I'm in like the fourth mm. world, I think, fourth or fifth world. Um, but I just, I keep going. And it's usually, it's not that the levels themselves are super hard. It's usually I'm, I want to get the secrets when I see a secret. I, It's mm-hmm. very difficult for me to go, I'm going to not get it. I know where it is, but I'm not going to try. I have to just, I like it. each level is this kind of puzzle in like, Oh, I need to jump to here and then jump to there. Then dash up. You have an air dash, you have a jump and then an air dash in any direction. And then whenever you hit ground, you recharge your air dash. You can hold on to walls. You can wall jump to a certain extent. Um, It's really tight. Really, really good. It's on switch. Uh, Apparently that is sold the best on switch, Mm. but I'm playing on steam, but no problems there. Uh, It's a really good game. I suggest it. If you like platformers, Definitely get it. It's as good. It's as good as it, I. I like it way more than Super Meat Boy. If you like Super Meat Boy, this is a given. If you like Braid, you like any of these like nouveau platformers, you mm-hmm. will love this game. It's really good. Cool. Yeah. Exciting. It is. It's a cool game. I also been playing uh this little little known game called mm-hmm. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That doesn't sound like you at all. No, I I still love it. Love it. Loving it is wrong. I don't want to be right. You just can't quit. I can't. It's it's. I've gotten. I I ha, I have over ten chicken dinners now. I've amassed you're, over ten. You're special. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you, I've played it nearly three hundred hours. So I'd hope I'd have at least at least some victories and all that. Oh, that game's really dumb, but I love it. That's about it. That's all I got. Okay. Okay. You ready to talk about some uh, some bank robberies, Eric? Let's. Uh... Let's rob it up. That's me. 
Mm-hmm. That's my name. That's a joke I used to. I I'd, when we I played basketball, I shoot hoops with my dad, mm-hmm. and I'd shoot a shot and it didn't go in. I got robbed. There you go. It's mm-hmm. a good joke, huh? It's a funny anecdote. I, I mean, I can't. I feel like if I punched you, <laughs> you would probably shatter because it's so cold up there. It's pretty cold. I don't know if I'd shatter. It's, I'm not outside. If I was outside and you punched me, I definitely mm-hmm. would shatter. I would explode in a million pieces like the T-1000. We could, we could move on <laughs> to our final segment. It is time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week we are discussing Four Kids Walk Into a Bank by Matthew Rosenberg, uh, Tyler Boss, with flatting by Claire DeZuti, letters Thomas Maurer, and wallpaper design by Courtney Menard. I like the, the team name Rosenberg and Boss. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I really enjoyed this comic book. Yeah. Is that Was that a question mark at the end there, Eric? It was definitely a question mark. Like, I kind of wanted to stop reading it after the first chapter. And I was like, oh, there's all this left to go. And it wasn't bad. It's just, I don't know. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Why do you say that? It is... It, I, I guess it was, it took me some time to really parse, like, what's going on in the story. It's hard for me, I don't know, like, when I think about character and motivation, it's like the motivation is just, like, they're kids and they're doing fucked up stuff, you know? Like, it is, you get to the end of the book, it's highly irrational, Almost beyond the point of almost beyond the sense of suspension of disbelief, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, I don't know. I I can't really imagine real children doing anything like this. Not that that matters, you know. But it did. It did make it seem kind of messy to me. Weird. I well, I agree. The book is weird. Yeah, I, I would not. Well, we, we I mean, we say that a, we say that a lot. We we pick weird comics at this we, point. We do. I we more will, often than not. We're we're, we're, we're cynical. We're, for the weird shit. we're yeah. cynical bastards. We mm-hmm. need the only thing that makes us feel anything is the abnormal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I I just think that fiction. I like my fiction to be trying something. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I am I'm. Too much of a fussy art school nerd, but I do. I enjoy a weird story like this over a lot of other things that we've read. I think that the no, I don't think no kids. One kid, no kids wouldn't do any of these things. I think I mean like that's. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I think that this weird hyper reality that this comic book exists in, like I see, I've seen so many comparisons of this to. Um, I've already forgotten the name. I'm an idiot. Uh, the director of Life Aquatic and Rushmore. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Thank you. I've seen I, I can kind of see it, at least in terms of his escalation. It kind of makes me think of uh, Moonlight Kingdom, which I've not seen all of. But, you know, the, the kids taking things too far. I could see the comparison. 
Yeah. And, and like, I've seen a lot of comparisons to that. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, the, it's, it's West, like literally the back of the book by the Nerdist. Wes Anderson meets Reservoir Dogs, which I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see the Reservoir Dogs no. part. But I definitely see the Wes Anderson part. And, you know, Wes Anderson movies, they exist in this weird reality where mm-hmm. nothing that is, no, no people really like act like they do in these movies. They're, largely they don't it's it's they're very strange places where the way they are constructed allow for the behavior of these people and it it we know it's irrational but in this world it somehow seems like they only have irrational choices like irrational choices are the old their only options every option is irrational and i think i think that the choices the kids make are a product of them being trapped like i i feel like this is actually kind of an, a weird extension of the end of the fucking world in, in, <laughs> in certain ways of like I, I see the similarity where it's these kids who like you're like why are you doing this like you shouldn't mm-hmm. you shouldn't do any of these things just do just stay home and be good and like yeah. but they, they can't you know they're forced their hand is forced but even though it's really not uh like they can't they don't trust authority they see the, they see adults as the enemy and you know the the kids in this story in particular like uh oh what's the girl's name why can't i remember the girl's name you remember the girl's name at all for the heck if i know remembering things they they do call it out on every of the roll call pages so that's true thank you none of them will load right now well, i have a I have a, a hard copy. Paige, I remember Burger, of course. The one I remember mm-hmm. is the worst. Yep. Well, they say his name all the time. They do, because they hate him. Mm-hmm. But he's still their friend. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's not, that's not that unusual. I think a lot of... I, I, I have definitely had friend groups where there's, like, the guy who's just an asshole, and you're like, why is he my friend? Because there's no one else. Kinda, yeah. And he's, if you, I feel like Burger in this case is like the rest of three of them feel sorry for him. They, mm-hmm. they, they are, they, they realize that if they, he wasn't their friend, he would have no friends. And they're like, oh, well, we'll keep him around. He also has very strange talents that come in handy once in a while. But what was I saying before we got off the, the t- random about Burger? Uh, Page. Yes, Paige has, like, her uncle's a cop, her dad mm-hmm. is this former crook, and she sees, like, she sees all this unfolding in front of her. And it, it seemingly, like, the every adult she meets is seemingly not helping. They're not doing anything, you know, as far as she can tell. And she has to, and it's her dad, you know, and her mom's gone, and I, she has, that's all she has left, and she can't lose him. And you got all, and those scumbags. The, the the four crooks. The the, the the one that's a Nazi, the one that gets hurt all the time. I think it's so funny you compare him or you compare it to Wes Anderson because I do think that the guy getting progressively more and more injured is a very Wes Anderson gag. It is. And I I I don't know. My opinion of this book shifts a little bit. Mm-hmm looking at it through that lens because i could definitely see if it, if the story was told in that way i might enjoy it a little bit more uh but i mean i don't particularly not enjoy it it just is 
it's so peculiar. I think it it shifts. I think it shifts its focus from uh, like it, it it escalates, like you said before. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the thing. Like I don't know what I I didn't know what this book was going to be. I just knew the title. I knew it was like very well received by a lot of people. And I read the, I knew the blurbs. Wes Anderson meets Reservoir Dogs, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Again, this is not. I, there, it's people, not Reservoir Dogs. This is at not. All, Tar- yeah. This is not Tarantino to me. People say no. like Tarantino has done crime movies, but that doesn't make it a Tarantino movie because <laughs> there's crime in it. It feels it feels more like all Wes Anderson, just with a, a slightly more serious bent. Like there's crime in Wes Anderson movies. Wes Anderson has capers and violence. And I someone... could I could I could see it if um, like classic Guy Ritchie made a kids movie. Like yeah. he did uh, like a Goonies. Yeah, that's I think a Guy Ritchie crime movie is a little bit more closer. Mm-hmm. Where it's like there is it's all very lighthearted and funny until it's not. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like, oh shit, that's really bad. Oh god. Yeah. Um, but I think that escalation is part of the th- thing where you're like, you're reading this and you're like, okay, there's these kids. They're like very precoce, precocious. They're very like, you know, one like they they, ha- they each fill a role. There's the one that always whispers. <laughs> and maybe he's trans. Who knows? What is that kid's name? Walter. Walter is the, the quiet one, and then Stretch, who's obviously the tall one. Um, you have to be tall to be named Stretch. It would be silly if uh, you gotta you gotta earn you gotta earn the name Stretch. Apparently, mm-hmm. you, if you're tall, your your name is gonna be Stretch or Tiny. But like they, it it, it bel- I think the beginning like it belies the fact of like oh wait this is actually gonna get very serious. And I think it starts that way when Paige gets punched in the face by a criminal by an adult man. And then, you know, the, the I think everything, that gentle escalation, I think by the middle part of it, you're like, oh, right, this is, you start seeing where it's going and you start going, you start understanding of like, oh, I, I felt by the middle of the story, like, I know where, I know this is going to go, bad, bad things are going to happen. At the mm-hmm. end. Like, this is not going to end well. It, I, I, I don't know. I think that, again, that expectation is important. Like, I didn't know what to expect. Until like midway, and then I'm like, okay, I get it. I like all those those roll call pages a lot. Oh yeah, all the uh, the D and D, the video the, games, the, the, the yeah, the games they're all playing. I really enjoyed that. I also like this page where they're jumping on a trampoline and it doesn't say that until like three pages later. You're just like, why are these kids flying? <laughs> and like, you know, after a couple of panels of it, I'm like, they're on a trampoline, aren't they? Um, what do you think about the art? I don't really like it. No? It's not bad. It's just, it kind of makes me think of the art in, um, the nightly news oh, okay. or something. Right. Cause you know, okay. Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Hickman, nightly news. Um, I like it a lot. I think it's serviceable, you it, know, it makes but me think it, of, aha. Uh-huh. I think it's like, uh, it's the Malto meal. Aha. Uh-huh. I do good. like comparing thing is the Malto meal. Something. I don't like it as much as David Aha. I don't think it has the imagination or the drawing skill. I see the comparison. I just don't really care for it. 
as I was reading through this, I, I see that I think it is in between those two. When you when you say nightly news, I, I, that clicks something mm-hmm. for me. I feel like that is. It feels like it is. It, it has that kind of. I mean, Aha himself, he does have a kind of designerly feel to a lot of his art too. Of mm-hmm. of of the kind of stark layouts from time to time. But yeah, I don't know. I really, I I don't know. I I'm charmed by the art. I think I I feel like that is. I, I think it effectively communicates the kids to me. Um, I, I I think there is, I think there's strength in the design of the characters, uh, mm-hmm. especially, especially this children. I think they all stand apart from each other, which is very important. The adults, adults kind of blend in with each other a little bit. I think that is my, my only point of criticism uh, for the, how the adults in the story look, especially the, all the adult men. Um, there's not very many women in the story anyway, but, the adult men do feel like I, I know they, they go to uh, to links to try and differentiate the, those four crooks, but I mean, they're, they're all kind of the same to me. Even, mm-hmm. they're, the only one that was different was like, okay, one's a Nazi and one gets hurt a lot. Yeah. But, but I like, one's other than the, that, one's the leader. Yeah. Like, Hey, that guy, one's talks. the other one. Yeah. The other one, <laughs> the, 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 the guy that just stands around mm-hmm. one likes candy. The mm-hmm. Nazi likes candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the other. I, I think it also reminds me of Hawkeye a lot, is because it feels like there's some of these pages are incredibly dense with like a billion panels, and that yeah, that feel like it feels like a. I, I don't I, I don't know what where the where those choices came from, but it feels like very much like let's just communicate a million things on this page. Let's have you know. 40 panels on one page with five different characters all talking one little, one little panel at a time. And uh, it felt very, it feels, it feels like it comes in that same wave of comics that came, that was Hawkeye and all those comics that came after it. I think it was also like, it, I think it shares sentiment with Hawkeye as well. Like the general, mm. like people like screwing up <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what Hawkeye was. It's just like watch this. Yeah. Watch this character screw up. They're gonna try and do the right thing and inevitably do a bad thing instead. Their heart's in the right place, mm-hmm. but they make they make some mistakes. There, are, there are mistakes happening. Yes, that's that's what they should have called this book. There are mistakes. I don't know. Four kids walking to a bank is a little bit more catchy than there are mistakes happening. Mm-hmm. Their mistakes happening is my new uh, dark wave band. Sounds good. Yeah. What do you think about the ending? Um, it's challenging for me to really articulate my feelings on it. Um, you know, on one hand, it's like, well, yeah, duh. So it's it's probably good that. That yeah, we're shown the consequences of this incredibly stupid thing, but it kind of bookends it and makes it it makes the story kind of weird. You know, if they if it if it ends without a lot of serious things happening, and we walk away and we're like, oh, haha, this was just some weird movie. But ending it on this dark and serious note where they have these consequences, I think it's what makes me wrestle with this story. You know, it's kind of like, and I think I've cited this a couple of times, 
the original ending to Clerks, where Dante is shot. Yeah, not, he spends no the whole you. movie. Yeah, no, exactly. He spends the whole movie going, I'm not even supposed to be here today. And then he dies. And you're like, wow, he wasn't even supposed to be there. But it, like, completely betrays everything in the film. I've never heard you talk about it like that. That's really, I enjoy that. I mean. I, I think, okay, I agree with you. I think the ending is the thing I like the least in this. I feel like. I want. I. I think I. Agree. I like. I don't think this needed as some dark, serious ending. I. I feel like the rest of the book is dark enough, and I feel like. Have you. Have you seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I have not. It's a very good movie. Uh, it was re released later on as Iron Man Three, but Kiss Kiss Bang <laughs> Bang is the best version of it. Uh, and but at the end of that, here's some minor spoilers for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's still a great movie. Uh. At the end of that, it, this, it, I think, and that and that movie actually has very similar tone to this. It reminds me of that mm -hmm. film a lot. Of like this weirdly, it's a, like a comedy crime movie, but it's like with like screw ups, and you're like, oh well, I don't want it to end badly. And that movie does it. It doesn't have a dark ending. It has mm -hmm. a like weirdly like you think everything's gonna, everyone's, you think, oh no, they're all dead. That's what you, and then you're like, oh, that's a bummer. And then at the very end, it's like a joke. Even they cut to a hospital room where the protagonist is all right. And then he's visiting, uh, the, like the supporting character played by Val Kilmer, who you're like, you are 100% positive that Val Kilmer character died. He like gets shot in the chest or something. You're like, oh, he's it's, dead. It's basically, it's basically the end of, um, um, hot fuzz. Kind of. Yeah. That too. Yeah. And then, like, and then, he, and then Val Kilmer's character is there, and 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 Robert Downey Jr. speaks directly to the camera. He's like, "Oh, you thought he was dead? I mean, like, yeah, I know he probably should have died, but there's like a fluke miracle, and he lived. Isn't that great?" Mm -hmm. And like, I, that's what I kind of wanted from this. Like, yeah, I kind of wanted like, uh, well, the 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 uncle, the like the cop uncle actually was able to put like, yeah, they actually managed to keep these kids out of jail, and everything worked out okay. They actually the, the the that cop got prosecuted because he shot a child. Mm -hmm. Like there's like or something like I that's kind of what I wanted. I don't necessarily think that's I don't think there's a quote unquote right decision, but I kind of wanted like I wanted a basically consequences free ending of these kids. Like show them grown up, that's fine. I just like having a a little girl go to jail and be there until she's an adult mm -hmm. feels heavy-handed in a way that the rest of this book does not it feels like it is a stomach punch you know that last couple pages you're like oh wait she's been in jail for eight years now yeah and that and that that's like you're like oh that's awful and then i i don't the rest of the book i don't think does an adequate job of preparing you for that that and it is the thing i, I like i like everything about this book until those last three pages where it's suddenly oh i i like I I I don't know. I just don't. Does this book give you? Does I, I does everything in this book say you're gonna face consequences? I think it does at some point, but I still feel like if it's a, if it's an 11 year old, that message of hey, actually, our criminal justice system is impossibly harsh to to people who have no idea what they're doing, isn't the message of this comic until the very three last three pages. And that's my problem with the ending. Mm-hmm. Hashtag same. <laughs>
I, I, I don't know. If it because I think it is because of even despite all that escalation, it is still zany. It's wacky. Yeah. It ha like it has them like using like truth serum and uh, mm-hmm. like they they Paige has a relationship with some weirdo drug dealer that sells her a flare gun. Like it's it's all impossibly they steal they literally rob a candy store. Mm-hmm. It just I think I just can't get past that tone. I don't know why I'm defending my 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 opinion to you who you agree with me. <laughs> Because that's that's our mo. I guess so. <laughs> Angrily shouting the same opinion at each other. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be here today. Yeah, it's, God, it's so true. It's so I true. Think about it. I think about it all the time. Ever since I watched that fucking ending, and I'm like, God, I. Mm, it's like such. It's it's such a perfect encapsulation of like really being so far up your own butt with your fucking writing. Well, we haven't ever read a Kevin Smith comic. Right. There might be a reason for us not reading those comic books. He's, I I mean, I'll go on record and say he's not really a great writer. He is a funny person who that came along and rode like a wave of white boy nerd populism gen x yeah generation x indie filmmaking mm-hmm. bubble that exploded right when he was there mm-hmm. i like clerks yeah I'm, I, I, wanna, I, li- I like clerks a lot as well but it's impossible i think we are like i think everything you say is by the fact that we are like yeah i like clerks well yeah of course we like clerks it's about Two, it's about a bunch of losers talking about Star Wars at a convenience store. Of course we like it. Talking about janitors on Death Stars. Mm-hmm. I know. Four kids walking to a bank. I I was... I, I, I Despite my misgivings about the ending, I still like the book a lot. And I would definitely recommend it to... I think anybody who is a fan of... Of, like... Of those children's adventure movies from the 80s where kids were allowed to curse... And mm-hmm. be kind of gross, like Goonies and Monster Squad and uh, uh, what's, what's the baseball movie with Walter Matthau? Um, Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears. The, the all those types of movies where it's just like, hey, it's kids are actually kind of gross. Like little, like teenager, preteen kids are so bad. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of gross. It's okay for the for us. They, they curse and they like think gross thoughts. They so it's okay to show that. And I think anybody who likes those and the you know the Wes Anderson the crime stuff like it's all bleeds in. You like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you like this. You like Hot Fuzz to a certain extent. You like this. I think I like it. That's my hot take. I know it's not a it's not super hot take. Hmm. It's lukewarm loop loop take. Anything Tepid else you want to take? Anything else you want to add, Eric? Don't rob banks. Don't burn houses down. Yep, true. Um, I don't know. Just read comics. That's <laughs> yes, good advice. Eric is going to start his advice podcast next week. What's the title of your advice podcast, Eric? Hmm. What's the title? Which one? Of your your advice podcast. You're starting next week. What's the title of it? Uh, Good Night Explains It All. I don't know. That's not bad. Mansplaining with Eric. I think there's already probably multiple podcasts that have mansplaining in the title. 
Yeah, probably so. Because everything that's ever existed is, has a podcast now. Uh, but that'll do it for us, for four kids walking to a bank. Next, we'll be reading Spy Seal Volume 1, The Corten Steel Phoenix by Rich Tommaso. Uh, we read the first issue. We liked it a lot. We're going to check out the trade. Get us into some spy hijinks. Another another strange book. Animals doing espionage. I guess it's not that strange. There's there's lots of books where animals do things. They have to do something. I'll put that on the blurb of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's next week. Spy Seal. Uh, that'll do it for us. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Uh, find links to everything there. To our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter, at hbchour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the show, go Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio or Google Play Music. Any place you listen to us, any podcatcher you use. Give us a good review. Subscribe. Tell your friends. All of those little things help us help, help us out. Turn into a Canadian. And help us find new listeners. We appreciate it a lot. It takes a little bit of time, and it helps us out a great deal. You can find me online on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com, and you can also check out a lot of my work and many of the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, and I am known on both as easygoodnight. So with that, folks, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.